You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How's it going this week? NASCAR week. David Hall. Did you say NASCAR week? Greg Hectus. This is going to be a slow week. Nothing happened, right? Right. And Kyle Pendigraft. Is Darlington really this week? Yes, and it's a fun race out there. It separates the men's from the boys, but let's talk all about it. Um, today's episode, iRacing reveals one of its best, mostly clo- most closely guarded secrets ever as the Pro Invitational races with the new next-gen cup car and releases it to the community as a whole. It's been an exciting week for us fans of NASCAR, and we can't wait to get to it. Also remember, you can follow along with us on your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products that we will discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting the show notes. We hope to see you there. Coming soon, Grid Finder 2.0, a complete overhaul to the better suit the sim driver's needs, adding many new features to its already robust search functions, including allowed controller types, driver assist, race length, and whether leagues are currently recruiting. The changes don't stop with the league page. GridFinder is also rebuilding the paint booth, commentary box, and merchandise page. The site is still fully functional as they work through the beta phase to make sure the GridFinder 2.0 launch is as slick as the new logo. Visit them, www.grid-finder.com, to find a league or to upload your own. GridFinder is the home of online sim racing leagues. GridFinder.com start off this week with a little bit of coat news sort of uh there's no race of course there's not one in, uh, for the next two weeks but uh jr junior motorsports posted an article on their website that michael Conte, who is their driver of the number eight uh jrm coke series car he will now be racing in a brand new wr1 sim chassis uh which is also the sponsor on his actual on car uh on track car so uh he uh he says in the article that the level of emergency is uh, quite a change of pace for him after running years with his Logitech wheel pedals and shifter. So, uh, so Michael Conte gets a big uh, uh, upgrade on his rig system, and uh, we'll see how he does uh, when he gets back into the, on the track with it. It's so important to have a, a cockpit, a stationary seat, and a, and stationary pedals and a stationary steering wheel because. Um, 
I'm flopping around like a fish. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I, my back is pushing back and forth, and my feet and legs are going straight as they can be. I mean, uh, and I abuse this cockpit, but this is a, a nice uh, setup, and I'm sure he likes it. Yeah, because I went from like a, a fold-out dinner tray and a fold-out chair for the longest time. And then a buddy of mine gave me uh, a piece of junk rig, but it was better than what I had. And now I've upgraded to this next level. And it, I, I love how sturdy it is. I think the biggest thing is, is you need a solid base for your pedals. The pedals is like the key to everything. If you're pushing on that brake and it's starting to go away from you, you ain't getting efficient. You're not efficient at anything you're doing. So, you know, I think having a solid rig is, you know, it, it's worth tenths or seconds on the track, depending on how you, you know, how you said, we always joke about Tony using stuff on his rig to try and stop when he was using uh, Crocs to uh, stop him from moving. But when you get a solid rig like this, you definitely know it. It's not it's not just the pedals, but the chair as well. Because uh, yeah, I raced in the in the office chair, and if it moved any, you know, uh, you just could not brake the same way. You could not be aggressive with the brakes. Yeah, I was actually surprised to hear that Michael Conti was still using like a Logitech uh, wheel and shift shifter and pedals because I mean, he's been in the sim quite a while now quite a few years uh, i would have thought by now he'd probably invest a little bit more based on you know the level of competition he's in you know to try to maximize his abilities with uh, matching his uh his equipment but um we'll see well having one two yeah won a championship a log the Logitech doesn't necessarily hold you back, though. When you're that level of talent, I mean, you know, Timmy Hill's still running his G29, right? I uh, just saw G it on the TV G27. last night. Was it a 27? 27. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, saw it on the, on the show last night. They were going to talk about it later, um, and he still runs fine. So some of them are almost reluctant to upgrade because they're going to they're going to be afraid it's actually going to set them back a little, having to relearn a new system, a new setup. It's kind of like my old comfortable shoes. You know, my wife hates them, man. She wants, they're so ugly, but boy, I love wearing them. And, and, uh, they're a known commodity. And so when you get, when you win a championship with a Logitech wheel, man, it's hard to, to let that go. I bet. Yeah, I guess. And I wasn't trying to suggest that his, um, his ability was, um, was tied to his, uh, to what he was using, you know what I mean? Uh, like he's going to get better by getting better equipment. Uh, I just was uh, just, I just figured somebody who's been that successful and is this invested in the sport, um, you know, just naturally will gravitate towards better equipment. Well, he won his race yeah. right after he got it and he hadn't won for quite uh, some time. And I've been on record before saying that uh, super talent, they can win in just about everything. Somebody who's just, you know, an average Joe uh, like me f could tell a difference and did get faster when I got the better equipment. But that's because I didn't have the talent to over overcome the cheaper equipment. 
Yeah, I, I agree completely. And for me, VR made my driving a lot more consistent. I was a lot better with uh, my spatial awareness with the walls on the track. Before, I would bump them all the time when I was just using monitors. But, you know, I know that's a little bit different topic, but it just, I'm just on the, just mean that different equipment can help different people, especially when they're not as talented as people as Michael Conte. Well, do you ever get the jitters when you're close to that wall? Mm-mm. Uh, David Wilson uh, actually put up a poll in the forums uh, asking people if they get the jitters and gives them six options to choose from. Now, I can speak from personal experience. When I first joined iRacing, like the first five races I did, I, I was nervous. And every time I would get a new license, I would get really nervous. And even to this day, if I'm leading, especially when it's coming down to the end of the race, I get extremely nervous, but normally just running in the pack. I don't really get that nervous. I just know there's a blinker or somebody who's just dangerous out there. I have documented races I've lost due to this. Um, when you get in that position, when you know you're in position to win, uh, you, you're really supposed to take it up a notch. And lots of times I take it up two notches and uh, overdrive it and blow it. You only had room for one notch and you took it up too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, fine. I, oh, sorry, yeah, Ryan. Greg. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Greg. The I was gonna say the it's always easier to chase be the chaser and, and chase after somebody and and try and do it. And then when you're in these races, I find I find on a Sunday morning when you've got a good qualifying or something in a race and you, you hop in the rig after just waking up, that's when I kinda you kinda get the jitters there or um, just in certain situations, um, road course racing kind of brings jitters to me as well with some of the stuff, but you know, you, you eventually just get in the zone and you get going and kind of goes away. But like what Kyle said, when you're, you're up front there, you're thinking about it and you, you just overthink, you think weights, it, it's so hard to, to just be a leader and, and, or didn't do it. And if you're just chasing somebody, it's, it's so much more fluid than, than, running your laps trying to make sure you stay go away from somebody i get an advantage here with uh with all my performing experience in front of large crowds uh and just being in, in pressure situations you just you eventually learn to know that the feeling is there but just set it aside and, but uh, the, the feeling is definitely there, and especially like when I was coming to that first NIS win, you know, I, I definitely felt that that ticking in the back of my head. Like, is that caution going to come out, or uh, am I going to spin out? You know, it's all in there, but you just you get used to it, and you just kind of buckle down and leave it in the back of your mind, kind of compartmentalize it. Twenty four hour race is a big one for me because I'm not a regular road guy, and if I'm my big thing is, you know, I don't want to wreck the car for the other guys. And so the the, the nerves are there. And, and I think you guys probably know me more than anyone uh, is on restrictor plate weeks. You know, I'm pacing late nights. You know, I'm like, you know, hey, am I going to be able to pull this off? And that's the nerves, man. And because uh, I'm, I'm expected to win and I usually do. But when but the pressure, I think, is even higher in those situations. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of nervousness, nervousness can be, and, and jitters can be just from preparedness. You know, the more prepared you are, the less 
I feel like I get nervous in the race. Oh, that's why it's so um, high because <laughs> I don't prepare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you show up right before the uh, session starts, <laughs> but no. So, so I think a lot of nerves for me anyway is based on how prepared I am. You know, and uh, so I get a lot more nervous if I don't feel like I'm prepared for a race than if I do think I am. And once I'm in the race, I typically uh, get calmed down and then. You know the nerves will come and go as the race dictates. You know whether whether uh, I'm in a in a tight spot or like you like you were saying, Kyle. If I'm if I'm in the lead late in a race, that that changes a lot of that stuff too. And the survey. Go ahead, Kyle, and then I'll wrap it with the results. All right. Yeah, because like I can run up in the lead. You know, the first ninety percent of the race, and I'm fine. But it gets down to those last handful of laps, and the pressure's on, and I get the jitters really bad. Yeah, and the survey says out of uh, 282 votes that uh, there was about uh, 38% at a little nervous, and the, the, the chilled and full attention were kind of, are almost kind of this kind of sort of the same thing, I guess. I, I guess full attention means you're concentrating but don't feel nervous. But the the big one was a little nervous, which is probably reasonable for most people, um, because part of the reason we do it is because it's exciting and there's a risk of something going wrong. Yeah, just one one last note. You know, if you're if you don't get those kind of nerves, it's you're probably not as invested as you need to be uh, to a point. I would think. Yeah, this ain't no video game, right? Depends on who you ask. <laughs> except for when, except for when it crashes. Yeah, except for when it crashes after you've invested in that IR eighteen. Yeah, so uh, we got a couple quick hits here. Uh, this one is the uh, support posted up on Twitter and the forums that the sim will crash to the desktop while in the Delara IR18 in some situations. Um, they're currently investigating. We'll have a fix as soon as they have something ready. Um, this was a fascinating one to watch in the forums because initially it looked they were saying it was a server issue is what all the drivers were saying because it looked like a bunch of people got dropped, like, you know, 10 to 15 people or something. But I think I read somewhere later that it turns out that they all just crashed to the desktop because there was a wreck and uh, whatever is broken, broke it. And they, they had actually a warning on the website for a while saying, don't run this car or run it at your own risk. Yeah, I don't remember ever seeing, giving them those, that kind of warning, run at your own risk type of warning. And That's I haven't the seen any. One. Uh, have you seen that? And uh, I haven't seen any uh, updates yet as to uh, patches or anything yet either for this. What was the thing? It was a couple of weeks ago. We had that it was a different too. car. Yeah, it was a different car that was having a problem. Was it the? Was it? It wasn't the nationwide car or the Arca car. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe the Arca. Now. But um, yeah, there was a similar time. They've done this second time. This has happened where they've. Uh, kind of issued a warning before they get it fixed but uh, hopefully they get it fixed before the 500 obviously right well yeah, i have it'll a, be interesting if they don't i have a warning for all of our uh, married listeners uh and we've actually seen this we've had this problem talked about on chat with uh, i know Groves' wife's race race and tony's wife is racing um we don't have to worry about mike's wife racing but um the bobby delvani does have to worry about his wife racing. mine either 
<laughs> uh, because uh, he tweeted that he's having trouble getting on his iRacing rig now because his wife's been practicing for the better half dash. And I, I could tweet him back and tell him the best solution for that, but he, but then I might be called a homewrecker. I was going to say, yeah. just doesn't he just have to go to the studio? He can get his time in it then if he just goes to the studio because there's a rig there for him. There's two rigs. Yeah, that's why I raced the other night. <laughs> Yeah, he, she's uh, taking over his rig is basically but, what's happened. But Bobby is up at 5 a.m. in the morning. He's no Mike. He actually practices. He gets up at 5 a.m. and practices. You're going to take that, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of uh, the don't practice and, and win. It's been something you've been doing ever since I've been around, so. Yeah, you stick with what works. That's right. All right. Well, what works to bring in new accounts? Well, it would work if you give a 40% discount if you sign up as a uh, new account. Um, that's what iRacing is offering for now. Um, so uh, a one month uh, is $7.80. Three months is nineteen eighty. Uh, a year is $66. Um, there has been an addendum to that. We'll get to that a little bit later. And one hundred nineteen forty for a two-year sign-up, which is actually a really good price. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead and uh, if if you're interested in starting up a new account, again, this is for new accounts only. Um, you can get a pretty decent discount. Um, I looked at this and I could not find and um, expiration of when this uh, for ends. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that, but um, I did not see it on the site. The 40% thing, I think, is a standing offer, Greg, um, or Brian. Um, the, the one we'll talk about later in the show, I think, ends May 12th. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a, I know that was a real short time, but that's a really good one. We'll get to that. Okay, and then, Greg, you put this one up about the Olympics, but I didn't really understand it because it's not about iRacing. No, and it's kind of just a vague, or uh, just a... A different the reason i put posted it is just because it's something that eventually it looks like maybe you know it might be something that there's different uh, categories added to it and do it so what i'll talk about here is uh the video game grand turismo which is a uh, playstation title um is uh was at the ioc or the yeah the, the ioc has announced uh that they're going to launch this official series uh to include motorsports in um, in the Olympic Virtual Series, so it's the OVI OVS, and it's going to go down from, or it's going to be going down March thirteenth to the twenty third of or May thirteenth to June twenty third, before the Olympic Games in Tokyo. So it's kind of just like it's its its own off um, off uh, event, but it's going to be under the Olympic committee so i'm guessing you're going to get a gold medal if you finish first and and a silver and a bronze um which will be interesting i know there's been talks about adding different things to this, the olympics so this might be a way to have their own category for each country in the olympics for virtual stuff you, i see a political side to this though how how does the committee decide which which game should be represented on the world stage the one that right? wrote them the check yeah it's a it's almost as it's almost as payola as some of their decisions on which cities get the olympics it right. seems like to me it'd be cool if iRacing was involved they're, they're they're calling gran turismo like the uh you know the uh 
the pinnacle of uh, video game racing world, which, yeah. yeah so I think it's its own, it's its own brand. It's, I, I would just consider it its, its own separate entity. And, and, and it's another, it's another sim slash video game um, property that's out there that somebody can race. And I know that there's big events that are televised um, for this. And I know Lewis Hamilton from, uh, F1 does a lot of stuff with uh, with it as well, or, or you used to. I'm not sure if he still does, but there's there's a lot of stuff that uh, goes on with this Grand Turismo where um, it's become a a staple. I mean, it's a good video game to play you know, on your own home console, but you know it does put on good events. So hopefully this gets some attention and maybe we can add more, more things to it. Cause I know they were talking about doing shooter video games and things like that eventually or golf, like vid, some online golf or things like that. There was, there's a whole bunch of stuff that they were talking about, but who knows if it'll ever be, be a full Olympics uh, virtually. If I was at a, a previous Olympic gold medal winner in an actual sporting event, you know, this would kind of piss me off. <laughs> Was that any different with than any sim racer getting a trophy, getting like the little Miles the Monster version? Yeah, well, yeah, you, you, like all those dirt uh, racers out there around the country, uh, the small track racers, they're they're scraping by, not getting anything, and they're all mad because sim racing's getting all the money. I think it's just going to be you're talking talking about the optics of it mike because it's virtual and someone just using their fingers or their hands or their steering wheel or whatever to to compete in it but if you look at some of those events that go on in the olympics like is everything that's in the olympics an actual sport or event for it like there's uh, seriously a hot topic they include curling i mean come on i was more thinking the lifting <laughs> oh <laughs> But no, it Zing. sounds like this is just like a, a pre-Olympic tournament for a bunch of different types of video games events. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting that IOC has uh, is is an, uh, announcing the launch of this. You know, maybe it's just their way of tying it in to the Olympics as a, a pre-event sort of sort of thing. Um, I don't put a ton of weight in, in this other than, you know, it's probably going to be a good event more for less for the driving games and probably more for the FPS type of games that are real popular with, with tournament styles and uh, professional gamers. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I, I, I don't, I don't put a whole lot into this. Um, and, and I think that's why they're going with a console type of racing game rather than something that's more, more serious and true to life. That being said, what other, what other um, sports or, or any type of game is actually so close to real? All right. Uh, they don't quite have it where you can actually be the quarterback on the football field, right? You're, looking, you're playing from a blimp view. See, that's one thing I, I haven't understood yet with some of the technology, like David, well, most of us here run VR. Um, well, three of the five that are on the show tonight run VR. They haven't turned any of those like sports into a virtual. Like you can't stand there in the pocket and be a quarterback. You can't stand there. Um, you can't be coming down on a breakaway as a ho- as a hockey player or as a goalie standing in net in soccer or something like that. Yet with the there's some of some of that stuff, but it hasn't really gotten to that point. But whereas racing has put you in the cockpit 
virtually where you can feel like you're sitting there and and have all the senses in the world that you you, you could ever ask for for it except for you know for g-forces but um i think the the thing with this event that i look at is is, is it really going to matter if you bring home the gold medal you can say you're a gold medalist for for the olympics and it's it's not going to matter if you just say you're a gold medalist right who knows maybe they'll bring home uh, something like a uh, ten thousand dollars yeah uh actually a good friend of the show evan pasoko uh won the marcus limonis uh camping world challenge um basically uh evan just he predicted that kyle bush would get the win at kansas and lo and behold kyle bush got the win with uh, 59 laps led and which then made him the ten thousand dollar shopping spree winner at camping world he had to actually predict how many laps um kyle would lead to yeah which was yeah, correct was yeah, it 59 kyle bush I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming so. One that, yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, what I was going to say about this was Evan calls a lot of races. I mean, he does more than just the Coke races, guys. He's on a bunch of different stuff. He does racing in his real, his real job, too. Um, and if anyone can kind of predict something like this, is somebody who's a seasoned announcer who who tracks stats, who who says it out loud on a regular daily basis almost. Um, who better to try to predict how many laps Kyle Busch could win uh, could lead in a particular race than the Evan Pasoka? Well done. Yeah, good good job, Evan. Congratulations. There happens to be more money up available as well. Uh, uh, is it Marcus Lamonis? Did I say that right? He, he is putting up more cash for the iRacers. You can win a $5,000 Camping World shopping spree if your retro-painted car is picked. And um, I don't know who that's for or who he's going to be running it for. Or if he's just, is he picking it for the 99? He just wants a Camping World retro paint. Yeah, they're just... Uh... I think that's the because that's the paint that uh, the 99s running for this weekend. I think because that's the uh, uh, the is that the Camping World Day of the Dead uh, paint job that he's running. I think somebody tell add up all the money Marcus Lemonis has given away for paint jobs this spring. It's he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's given out more money than anybody else I see for paint jobs, right? But a lot of people are don't like what he's doing. Are we covering that later? Or do you want to dive into it, or do no, you want to skip I, it? I don't think we're covering it at all. But if you want to talk about it, sure. Well, some some people feel like it's taking money out of the, out of the hands of your regular paid designers and tossing it out into I guess people who are just coming in for the competition. I guess the big thing here, David, too, what you're saying that is the. Um, is it actually affecting like because obviously all these teams have graphics designers that you know work on their own their own in-shop help or whatever a company they farm it out to and there's a whole process that they got to go through to you know be accredited for nascar to be able to run these paints is it affecting their jobs at all doing doing these things or is it just a, a mere contest to to be part of which I, we have no idea if it's actually doing any of that. I know it's affecting the community, the painting community on the 
the design side here on the iRacing side or any of the other design sides where they're using the, their own programs to do it. But, you know, has it really affected anybody's job yet? Would, and to know, we would really have to know somebody who act, who paints regularly for a team. Like, that's their day job, right? So, it's a tough guess. But, um, you know, if I could get a paint that I painted on any cup car driver, uh, like, say, for the Pro Invitational, I, I don't care if they give me $1, you know? I'll, I'll do it for free just for the the chance to say i did it just like if i got a chance to play with avenge sevenfold on stage i'm not going to ask for money but david you can't paint chrome on these cars as much as you put on these you can wrap chrome i guess this yeah whatever i, I yeah, do you actually look at the cars i paint and that the fact that they don't have chrome on them they're metallic i know I'm just yeah kidding. it's i but yeah we're all mean to each other nowadays you think we were not mean we we're, just we're, keep each other in line sounds like we copycat some of the other shows that pick at each other brian you want to tell us about some uh, bmw yeah so uh the vrs coanda sim sport duo of josh rogers and mitchell de and there's not two better road racers in the sim they go back to back in the bmw sim gt cup with a dominant win at Road Atlanta, which was this past Sunday. Uh, so the pairing led all but one of the 95 laps completed and scored another decisive victory. And they actually repeated their victory that they that they, uh, that they they took in the top split last month at the Silverstone race. So those two guys together are really just tearing it up in this, uh, this uh, BMW Sim GT Cup. And, uh, you know, there's just, it's hard to beat those two guys. You know, you got the, top two finishers in the uh in the uh porsche uh, tag tag hoyer uh, also, uh porsche super cup series teamed up together i mean that's that's a that's like a like a super team and uh yeah they're just blowing everybody away in these races so um mitchell is just on fire obviously and i just can't wait to see him at in the coke car at the road track and just can he keep up with Bobby? Nobody has been able to keep up with Bobby, um, and so I'm just chomping at the bit for this. This is this is really uh, you know brewing to be a good battle. Is that the next event for the Coke Series? Or they got? A, is there one more race between that one for the Coda? No, Coda's Coda's up next for those guys. They're okay, off two good. weeks. They're off two weeks, and then they have Coda, which is going to be just fantastic. But I, I agree completely, Mike. I am. I am I am already chopping at the bit to watch that race. You know, you, I think you know Mitchell's probably a better road course driver, but I think the equalizer is uh, M- Mitchell doesn't have the experience in the Cup cars on road courses, and I think that's what's going to make it uh, even more competitive and closer. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, and Keegan is trying so hard to keep up too, and he'll be right there. It's been a long time, even in real world racing, that a road course ringer who's used to, whether it be uh, sports cars or open wheel, has really been able to come in and dominate. I mean, basically, it's been what AJ and Marcos and and Juan Pablo. Did he ever win a, one of the road course races? Pablo, yes, no, no, I don't think Watkins, he's got a road didn't course. He, didn't he win at Watkins Glen? He might have, yeah, but. I kind of, you're kind of saying this then, David, you're kind of saying like, so you got like 
if you're looking at it right now, you got like Chase Elliott and them. They're really good all around drivers in general. But then you had like someone, you know, you're thinking that maybe, uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of sick. Dejong okay. is thought about or is, is, is becoming an all good round racer in those cars, but it's like when Boris said used to come in and try and do it when they were so back in the day, I guess when only Gordon and Stewart and them were really good road racers, and then you had the rest of the field that was just trying to finish the races. Yeah, they wouldn't, kind of thing. They wouldn't test for it, they wouldn't practice for it. It was just a throwaway race that they they would just try to kind of finish, you know, wherever they would finish. Uh and none of them really cared about the road racing that much up up to a point, but nowadays you don't you just don't have a non regular cup driver coming in and and winning. They come in and they run well still, but you haven't you haven't seen somebody who can just come in for a one one-off run. And win. Now that being said, Dejong is now in the series full time, so he's more than just a ringer. Yeah, right. On the other, on the right. other and, hand, and that's that's how that's how I consider Juan Pablo Montoya. He was a, you know, he came obviously from the the road course side, but um, he ran full seasons. You know, I didn't consider him a road course ringer, just a really good road course driver. Um, he wasn't like a one off type of guy. Um, you might want to think maybe about somebody like uh, AJ Armendinger, who's who's going to be running the road courses. You know, he's not a regular uh, Cup driver right now, but he's going to be popping in that car to try to get a good finish for somebody. Didn't that's he sign for a, a full ride next year? Next year, I think. I yeah, that's already been announced. No, yeah, the cars. The cars have been announced. He hasn't. Right. Oh, so we're, they, they, we're they thinking ahead. They haven't decided they're going to have one or two cars yet. Hmm. Okay, next up, uh, Nicholas Bailey posted in the forums that early on a Sunday morning, iRacing experienced an issue on a node with the primary database cluster. They are still investigating the root cause, but the result was that no results or championship points were recorded in the race sessions at that time. Now, we actually had uh, races going on. Um, I think it was the... Uh, what was it? It was the Nurburgring something. Oh, the twenty is it the twenty four hour one? But uh, I had read that those results that it was the first time slot that was affected, and um, yeah, the the Nurburg I can't even say it right Nurburgring Endurance Championship was the one that was affected, and it was the first time slot that was affected. And they actually added an extra drop week to compensate for this. Well, it happens, and they they go ahead and adapt for it and take that kind of stuff into consideration. So I don't good, on, know. good on them for that. I don't know the last time it's happened, though. I can't remember that this has happened before. Where they you lost the results. results are slow at coming in, not completely right, they always not get them back. Again. These are gone. These are gone, gone, gone. They don't have the results. I think that's a first. If if I'm wrong, somebody let me know. But um, I've been doing this show a long time, and I don't remember ever doing a story like this. Well, you guys ready for the big one? Big topic. Go ahead. What? Yeah, Nothing happened. Nothing happened this week. Well, we were. Th- we've already mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We were thinking we're low on topics this week. Wrong. And boy, did uh, it, it all got sent. Right, they sent it basically. Um, so we're going to talk NASCAR Pro Invitational. We've got quite a bit to cover. We're going to open it up with a tweet from Clint, from uh, Tim Clark. 
Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Officer who leads the operation of NASCAR's digital platform, including NASCAR.com. He tweeted that we just keep finding value in the iRacing platform. The iRacing team is one of the first partners to get under the hood of the next-gen car. And using the virtual environment to build the on-track product is incredibly unique and pretty badass. And we've, we've talked about this before. They've now helped a track reset a dirt scan right um they basically are helping design the next gen car in some ways and helping test it on track it's pretty cool and chicago i mean not chicago um yeah the chicago street course and then uh california and the daytona chicane that we added was tested on iRacing first right it's it's like they're going to use this this platform here or the iRacing platform to you know kind of get a footprint of how this car is going to go for a while and you know there's going to be a lot more on track testing with the car now that they got their bodies completely solved on them but um it, it's really good that they they have this opportunity that you know we, we get to be test test whatever test pilots for it um while they we go along for this next year and we didn't even know until was it yesterday that the new car was going to be in the race wasn't that announced at sometime yesterday morning yeah that's a very well-kept secret obviously now we we obviously know nascar has been working on the car there's been leaked photos but as far as iRacing's involvement i don't think anybody had any clue i certainly didn't no i was i was thinking that you know once the car was released then iRacing would start right their scanning and all that process and hopefully it would be all done by next year but they've been working with them the whole time i don't want to get too deep into that because we got a lot to go over with the uh, next gen car but um i just if if you want to stay uh, you know if you want to stake your claim as a relevant and a future proof type of, of uh of a platform working this close with NASCAR on all these things has just validated the, the, uh, the influence and the, uh, and the value that iRacing has, has brought to real racing. And when you can do, when you make that kind of connection between the real world and what you're doing, you know, you're building yourself a connection to the future and, uh, you know how the sport evolves you'll be evolving with it and you'll be influencing it it's it's pretty amazing uh what iRacing has accomplished here uh over the past few years where they really really stepped up their their connection with nascar and uh man what a, what a fantastic uh, uh way to to bring this product and offer it to you know just the regular fans and regular drivers and regular people who want to be connected to nascar in in a special way I mean, I feel really like a, like a, spe- I feel like a test driver, you know, with and you these are. new cars and new products. Yeah. And so it's, what a, what a great opportunity is to, what a great time it is to be a sim racer. I, I really, really enjoy uh, what's been going on here. And it just makes uh, my, uh, my love for this sim, this sport, this hobby just grow even more and more. I did get home in time to see the uh, the pre-race ceremonies, uh, Brian. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so Fox announced this, uh, and uh, I saw it too. They announced on the Twitter that they were going to have a star-studded pre-race as they were going to have the guests of uh, the Dead Daisies with uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer uh, Glenn Hughes from uh, Deep, Deep Purple uh, singing the national anthem. Uh, they they were going to have Daryl Waltrip and his wife, uh, Stevie, given the invocation before the race, and none other than the king, uh, Richard Petty, giving the command to start the engines. So, uh, yeah, they pulled out all the stops uh, for this pre-race uh, event. And, uh, wow, Fun. really good to see, see that kind of quality uh, entertainment and people before the race starts. Yeah, and you know Fox Sports is all in on this, just like NASCAR is, and and it, it's, there's really three partners, as you mentioned. iRacing is ecstatic over this. NASCAR, their point of view, they're they're super ecstatic. Just look at NASCAR two years ago, the demographics. I mean, all of our fan base is aging. We have no connection with the younger viewer. What are we gonna do? Woe is me. Maybe the car will fix. New car will fix this. And now the tie-in with iRacing has kind of changed things, I think, and changed the tone of that. But but look at how Fox has embraced it. They literally were on air more than three hours yesterday um, with pre-race, race hub, practice, everything. And then, you know, to have a full, you know, uh, national anthem and prayer and command by the king. I mean, they're really pulling out all the stops. As the sound guy, I wonder if there should have been some kind of canned crown noise after the after the Star Spangled Banner. That silence after the banner felt awkward to me. But uh, at the same time, what about would, the flyover? Would, would canning the crown? So, I don't know about the flyover, but you, you're just so used to after every every banner hearing the crowd roar. So I was kind of missing that part. I got one other comment too. Hashtag awkward is Mike Joy. Mike Joy doesn't belong on this broadcast. He's too cynical. It's too much of a joke to him. Um, I think if you just pluck him out and put in Alan Bestwick or or Evan, Evan. anybody, anybody else, uh, Jamie Little, anyone besides Mike Joy, I have nothing against Mike Joy, and he calls a good NASCAR race, but he's got this tone in his voice that rubs me the wrong way about iRacing. But he also, the way that I, I kind of pick up on what you're saying there, Mike, he kind of leads every conversation that way, too, and kind of forces it to a joke. Like, Everything's yeah. a joke. Yep. And, and, and a lot of the, um, like even, you know, some of the racers don't take it seriously, too. So you kind of just, it kind of rubs you the wrong way as a, you know, we take it seriously as a hobby, but these guys are pros, you know, they're supposed to be doing professional things at everything that they do to kind of represent themselves and their sponsors. Um, but you're right there. There's, there's a lead with Mike joy that how he, how he presents stuff is it's always just, it's just a video game or it's just a thing. It kind of reminds me of how Daryl Waltrip used to be when new things were starting to happen too, right? Like, he wouldn't get out of the old era when he was on Fox talking about some stuff. And it's just, he would lead it. He, he didn't like the new technology stuff. And that's why I find it surprising that they use Daryl Waltrip in some of this stuff too. Daryl's been great when I've heard him call it iRacing. Uh, he, uh, he's been, a, uh, he's been good. I don't know about Mike joy though. And I'm not the only one to notice. I did see a Twitter conversation about this, uh, which kind of led me to bring this up. Like, why wouldn't like, I know we're, doing this now at this time of year they're not going to get into the nbc portion of the season but 
don't you think like having Dale Jr. and like say Steve Letarte in the booth would be a good commentary? Way, way, way better. Yeah. Way better. Because they're both very invested in the sim. Um, especially Dale and Parker Kiggerman or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you I think you hit the nail right on the head, Greg. I I think I think if uh, if NBC had a little bit to do with this, they have a lot better stock of iRacing uh, enthusiasts who would who would be available to call these races, and I think it would make a big difference in the broadcast. All right. So, how was the race, Kyle? Um, actually, the end was actually pretty good. Eric Jones obviously took home the win, and what a gutsy move he made there uh, with one to go. He went from third to first. I mean, in the blink of an eye, just went from the outside wall almost down to pretty much the apron going into turn one and made the pass on two cars that were side by side to take the win. Uh, it was it was a pretty pretty awesome move, if you ask me. This is about the only track you could pull that move on, right, Kyle? Because you can race down on that apron, and, and a lot of times we go down right where he went down. Yeah, you can race, like you said, basically the apron, just right where it starts to kind of curve up on that embankment. You can still run that and still hold a pretty good amount of speed and be able to keep the car under control with decent tires. That's almost sorry, that's almost the preferred line on that entering on the apron or close to the apron and, and sliding up to the wall. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, now, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, leading up to this move, uh, it was on a restart late in the race, and uh, um, him and Anthony Alfredo both had new tires, and uh, Timmy Hill was in the lead, but he had like 20-lap old tires compared to those guys. So um, uh, Alfredo had some damage to the front of his car, so he was probably a little slower than he would be, and Jones was sitting back in our third with new tires, and his car was in good shape, uh, and made a, made, a, made a crazy move to uh, – to get ahead of those two guys. So my question though, is this a product of the new car or is this just the, you know, the racing that, you know, we've come to want. This is this group of drivers and how they race. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we're going to get a true uh, thing of this car until it's completely ready to go. Because if you think that this car right now on the track is what we're going to have come January, February next year, probably it's probably not going to be the same thing but um they did put on an entertaining show i missed the end because i had to be up at two o'clock in the morning and this was like still take it was taking forever to get through those laps early and uh, i missed the end but the this pass is probably indicative of just the way that this track races it's momentum based right so about that the racing um early so I noticed Alfredo was involved in the first two cautions, I think. Um, I don't think it was his fault the first time. The second one was probably his fault. But he was a little aggressive, and he ended up with a good finish. But um, the other thing I was going to say is the cautions. I mean, um, they there were many times there were wrecks where uh, Tyler didn't throw the caution. Um, and it was obvious that he should have, and even the broadcasters would take note of that. Um, but they did it, you know, in reference to if the timed event, you know, we're on TV, whatever. It, I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of that. I'm tired of the resets. I think the format, maybe not this year, you know, we're too far in, but maybe next year they should look at, you know what, no resets. 
we're going to run this like a real race with real cautions. Every time there's a caution, there's a real caution, and just run it like a real official race. But well, they're just I, trying to make it match the uh, you know the was, NIS cautions. I was going to say they're trying to think of make it look like uh, NASCAR as well, throwing cautions so they choose to throw them. You know, is there a tire sitting out on the track that they, they might get to or not get to? Well, for the casual sitting? NASCAR viewer, you know, that might rub them the wrong way. They might see that. They'll see, oh, those, they wrecked all that time and they didn't throw the yellow. My question is, is like, even with what was going on, like in the real NASCAR compared to, you know, what they were doing last night. Okay, if they're not throwing the caution, if they're not throwing the caution, why is there commentators saying that? You know, if they're thinking, if the commentators are thinking it should be a caution, then probably should be a caution. It doesn't look good when they're announcing that it's not a caution because, you know, exactly. I it mean, it kind of just looks bad. It gives that whole Mike Joy thing again, and uh, would you know? So I would just like to see it taken just a tiny bit more serious. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I, I really think the drivers just need to take this a little bit more serious, drive it more like they would in real life than if it was a video game, like the way they approach it, I think. Um, for example, like uh, Joey Logano, he threw one of his infamous crazy stupid blocks on somebody, and uh, rather than check up, he just wrecked them. You know, and um, so if people are not driving like they would necessarily in real life and that's where all these crashes are coming from um again it's a tough track we all know how tough how tough uh, darlington is to drive um they're working with a new car which might you know have different uh different levels of grip and arrow and all that stuff as well so i i i, I think this gets better when the drivers take it more serious and then maybe mike joy will will come around and 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 call it more serious all right, so let's jump into the new car. So they announced the new next-gen cars will be available in iRacing for purchase immediately, like during the race. So like while the race was still going on, you could go to the website and literally buy the car. And uh, Dale Jr. Uh, posted up on the Twitter a short video. Uh, hey, it's, uh, you can get behind the wheel now. That's that's definitely a first and, and crazy. We were sitting warming up for the NIS race and people started talking about it in the in the iRacing chat that we're also watching the race. Yeah, um, a big surprise and kudos to iRacing and NASCAR for keeping it under wraps so well. Uh, I don't think there was no rumor of this at all. No rumor at all. Yeah, I'm sure that NASCAR was, uh, you know, expressed very strongly that uh they really wanted iRacing to keep this quiet you know as a as a release in general and then as a release on iRacing as well um they they did not want this out and i'm sure there was a lot of pressure on them at iRacing to not this let this slip out at all well how many unwanted leaks have actually come out of iRacing in the last five years well, when they when they leak something right. when they leak something they want it leaked yeah they've been really fools. good about that yeah we're on a tight ship. But yeah, I was, when, when I tuned into that race Wednesday night, I hadn't heard anything as, as of yet. And when I saw them uh, start the program and talking about they're running the next gen car, I thought, you know, I was hearing something wrong. But man, that was so cool to hear that they're going to be running this new car. And then when I heard, heard later in the broadcast that it's available, I was freaked out. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then they cool. just then they just started watching their account go ching ching ching. 
so so iRacing releases content mid, uh, mid not on week 13 as usual uh, n- like normal that's different um, it's not unprecedented but this is big content this is probably going to be their biggest sale ever as far as content goes I would think because anybody who races oval is going to buy this car and it could yeah. be up to times three right and well, you got to think too. You know, they unveiled you know the actual real life physical cars today. All of a sudden, they're going to start getting questions. Well, why ain't we releasing it on iRacing yet? So they had to release it the same day, and it, it worked in their favor. I think. I think it's like you all said. It's going to be probably their biggest sale they've had. Well, we how many chat? I think during the day that we chat on chat, we're thinking. You know, when do you think we're going to have? Are they going to scan them now all of a sudden, or are we going to have have these in a couple weeks, a couple months? You know, we my were gu- talking about it the day before. My guess was was after NIS. Oh, I think season. what's neat is it, there's really a precedent set, set here in 2021 with car manufacturers releasing new cars virtually either at the same time or before the real car comes out. And we've seen this uh, several different times now. And to have, you know, Toyota, Ford, and Chevy, the some of the biggest manufacturers in the world uh, doing it the same way, uh, this is business as usual probably now. And we still haven't learned everything we know about these cars yet. There's stuff that hasn't been talked about on it as well. Well, one of the things we talked about is we don't know that the tire compounds are all going to be settled yet, right? Good years. Somebody said, I heard from somebody's, you know, sister's brother's cousin, um, that they're not settled on what compounds they're going to use at each track yet. Well, even if you look in the setup part of it, they've changed the max camber on the cars. It used to be six, and I think it's three or 3.5 now, which tells me they don't want the tires leaned over as much because of the the size of these tires now it's probably would build up too much heat on the inside if you if you start going crazy camber wise with the this size rim and tire is that front wheels as well yeah it's the front the the fronts are i think it's three five or three point zero it's it's maxed at okay because it's the old car is three five in the back yeah but i think it's six in the front well, once they uh, release the content, uh, Kyle, they uh, Gustafson put out a report. Yeah, he uh, gave everybody, uh, staffer Alex Gustafson gave an update in the forums of basically what all to expect with the car and the differences now with the new car and what, you know, basically what all they offer, should I say. And uh, I, I could sit here for three days and read each one to you, but it looks like it's going to be a, a bit of a difference here. And yes. there's, they're actually running an A series that's going to be, or an A class series that's going to be for official. When's that start, Dave? Mm, I, I don't it's know. Now, isn't it? Is it active now? Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. And then the I, unofficial I thought, fixed. Okay, I thought maybe they wouldn't start something like that till the end of this uh, current uh, build season. It's tempting, so, but you know, the, I already run fifty races a week, right? So what? What? What's fifty one? I don't know. Yeah, it's go. already available. There's practice rooms and everything. That's crazy. I am. I'm really excited about uh, some of the things on here. I haven't gotten it yet, just because I've been busy ever since yesterday. But, um, for example, um, or with the single lug, or how how much are the pit stops changed? Are they much quicker? Have you anybody tried that yet? 
I haven't gotten the car yet either. Well, they they won't even know until they see in real life what the actual speed is. We're still going to be waiting on like a full thing of fuel is going to take the same amount of time, right? They're not going to speed up the way the cans well, you, dispense the fuel. Well, you're uh, saying NASCAR doesn't know, but we know now because we can go into an iRace right now with these cars and and take a pit stop. Yeah, but how accurate is that? Too, it's like. It's like how when they changed the air guns to everybody having the same air guns, it started off at a certain, they were at like 13, 14 seconds. And now what are they down to almost 11 seconds again doing pit but stops, 11, 12 seconds. Here's the thing that you got to also consider too, you know, in order for iRacing to put this car out, they had been doing all the research and development, which they have been doing. So I'm sure there's probably some of this data already available on you know how long it takes to fill the car up how long it takes to pull the lug nut off pull the wheel off put a wheel on put the lug nut back on so i'm sure all that's kind of already been taken into into consideration so we might actually see actual representation of what it's like in the pits yeah i wouldn't be surprised if um nascar crews have been practicing pit stops on this car already and who, who's to say that um i racing hasn't been watching them and been at these test sessions that these cars have Probably. been already doing yeah, I can almost guarantee you they're getting information from these cars doing these tests. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've had people checking out uh, pit stop uh, practices on the cars too. Um, you know, I'm sure when NASCAR came out with the single lug, lug, lug thing that – that they've probably done a lot of testing with crews and stuff like that to see how it's going to affect and change the racing. And, uh, you know, why not invite them I racing there to, to check it out as well. So they can start compiling information. So they'll have stuff ready for, um, last night's race. Now, the third, the reason I'm saying what it is, is we all know what the speed's going to be to fuel full 18 gallons already. Right. We already have that data if you go in just to get fuel because the same it'll be the same the same way it's always been fueled in that car it's the same can same fill nozzles and everything the only thing that's changing is the fact that they got a jack man and you know only one lug nut to hit so like i said they're going to be waiting on fuel but they could do those tires just a lot faster it'll just be the fuel they wait on true and i guess if you get closer to the end of the race and fuel is uh less less necessary to get full, you know, that could, that could definitely change uh, pit stop times. So Greg, how many times have I poked Bobby Jonas about painting this car already? <laughs> a, couple a couple times today already. I'm just anxious because the car is pretty. I mean, regardless of what it, it performs like, I love the look of the car. And I was asking him what make, and he, I think he said Chevy, but uh, what do you think about paint? Chevy. Um, and it's funny that you say that you like to drive the Toyota a lot, right, Mike? That's well, mostly what you've been driving. It, but it just looks so plain compared to the Ford and the Chevy this time. And I wish that we had, I wish, um, I don't know if you guys saw the post last night. Um, the trading paints Twitter page went crazy. As soon as that announcement came out, I guess they weren't completely, maybe they were just in just saying it on the, on the thing, but they were saying that the, the page will be live in a couple hours to be able to, to upload this car i guess they had to add a bunch of stuff in to make sure that i'm guessing they had to wait till it was announced they probably knew about it they just so that they could add it all into the infrastructure of trading paints to get it to work so they i guess later on last night it updated and uh i guess it's ryan is it i'm gonna screw up his last name pistana um 
said he was the quickest uh, in the paint booth, and he was the first guy to paint, have a paint in the next gen category on iRacing or on the trading paints. And now he did a Dale Earnhardt uh, senior uh, three car in black, but it's in a Camry, and I just don't get it. It looks pretty good, though. I like the, the way the number and sponsor are placed and uh it, it looks fresh and uh and modern i like it <laughs> but it's a toyota with a gm badge on the front of it yeah that is kind of funny you, you, you kind of feel like uh, these painters have like a copy and paste with the number three good wrench <laughs> any car that comes out they can just copy and paste it on there well it's such an easy you know black gray and a red stripe and then you know as long as you have the good wrench decals you can do it pretty quick the other thing is is uh the other thing i noticed with this car is it's kind of um if you look on this picture that we have of it the three the, the, the three number he did on it, it's kind of small it's kind of fitting above that line but it looks like there's it feels like this car has a little bit more ad space and i think that's what they're designing to try and move those numbers around it looks like it just has more surface area to put an well, ad is that number moved or is that a custom number well, it is a custom number. It's just, it looks, does it not look smaller than it should be on that car? It is. Well, that's what I'm asking is, did he put that number there himself instead of using the iRacing stamped number? Yeah, I don't know if that is the stamp number or not because, but whatever it is, it just looks like that good wrench can fit perfectly above the, the quarter panel there and not lose any of the actual uh, lettering. Um, I know and sometimes when you're trying to put some of these words on the side of the car, you can lose some of the lettering. I'm so stoked to see how my paint will look on this car. Um, I told Bobby, I just want to copy it over, you know, same kind of scheme and same concept, so to speak. But I think it's going to look sharp. We'll see. I, I like how um, from the testing, like we saw the car in testing, and I just thought that the 20 inch rims weren't fitting properly in the back it looks like they've solved whatever problem with some of the designs to get that rim out a little bit further maybe that i don't know if they just had to change something there tire wise or whatever but the car looks so much more racier when you got a big thick rear tire that's right against the fit the fender there instead of having a gap yeah, yeah the, look, the look is good in uh, trading paints um, just before the show and man there was a lot of paints already up on this car people are really uh taken to it and start starting to paint them up already it's going to be but by, by the time we really get into this maybe by next year there's going to be a lot of paints up on trading paints that's pretty cool that, oh, uh, i, I the bet enthusiasm. you someone's got the full field someone's going to have a full field of cards by the of all the 20 all the 2021 paint jobs will be in there well somebody's got to go make all 40 of the danica paints again too <laughs> All right, David, how about the garage? We got a close look to that, thanks to Fast Pasta. Yeah, Mr. Pasta, Anthony, Alfredo, he put out a YouTube video, and he goes over the garage. And uh, actually, most of the information that I'm going to say about the garage, I just kind of stole from Michael. He's, he went ahead and started playing with a setup and described it as being more like setting up a GTE, or, GTE car now. There's there's no uh, track bar anymore, right? It's rear suspension. It's rear independent rear suspension. So that, that, that adjustment is gone. Arms, nothing. Um, the steering ratio is different now. Was it steering pinions instead of steering ratio or something along those lines? Yeah. 
I hope I hope it doesn't lose a whole lot of the adjustability because uh, that you know we run we have quite a range even in our team that run differently on that. As long as the ballast is there, right, David? Um, that helps the middle of a corner. Yeah, sure. I just I laugh every time you make a comment about it. Your steering goes from forty millimeter to seventy millimeter. Hey, Joe. Surprise guest. Thank you for the tip. Joe, you've been in this car. Uh, what do you think so far? Oh, man, I love it. It looks like it's going to be a whole lot easier to set up. Um, I mean, of course, the setup that they have, I went around Darlington, and, man, good God, I messed with the steering. That's why I know what, it went down from 40 millimeter to 70 millimeter, I think. And just for you to know, the lower you go is like, a, I guess a 40 millimeter is probably equivalent to the 16 to 1 ratio. And, you know, of course, the 70 is probably more geared to the 8 to 1. But um, I've tried them all. And, my God, I mean, the car is phenomenal. I, I, I can't wait to really be able to get my hands on the setup because it looks like it's going to be a little easier to set up than what we are dealing with now. Yeah, a little more modern stuff to work with uh, than that old school stuff. Have you uh, been in the car on the high downforce tracks and and seen what, if the spoiler changes or not? No, the only thing I went around, I went on uh, Darlington. I was going to mess with it a little bit here in a few minutes, but also try to work on the setup that we I want to run Friday night for uh, Darlington too. So it does have multiple spoilers, David. Yeah, the the spoilers on the uh, the broadcast were really short compared to what they are now. Yeah, so that's the high downforce, or sorry, low downforce, low high downforce. horsepower. Gotcha. That's good. That, that I think that'll make the racing better to get these cars uh, loosened up a bit and lose a little bit of grip on these tracks. Well, if they have the bigger spoiler, it sounds like they're going to still do the same thing at the bigger tracks and have the stupid-ass big spoilers on there. Well, I think the thing is, is they haven't fully announced all, all the packages and engine combinations, so we're still... They like I said they teased in the video or in the in the actual broadcast like not the broadcast the the conference there for the the car reveals that there was still more to come that they haven't fully they haven't talked all about it like if you notice they never really went over a lot of the we we know that it has independent rear suspension they talk about it like lightly but there's a lot of stuff that they didn't go over um, in finer detail and I think we'll find that out sooner uh, as they get through testing. So I thought I put the video in here, but I don't see it. Uh, Nick Nieben put out a video on YouTube last night. Um, he's a spotter for Dylan Duvall. He uh, tried the new car at uh, road course, short track, uh, mile and a half, super speedway, and uh, gave his thoughts on it. Um, the mile and a half, he was like, it's, it's flat. You know, you're not lifting at all. It's kind of like the current car where you just, you know, run flat out and not lift for 10 laps. And, uh, yeah, he didn't like that. So, but the other car uh, tracks he did like um, um, and thought, you know, they, they were going in the right direction, but the wrong direction, direction as far as mile and a half. Yeah, now, Mike mentioned that as well, is that he was able to flat it out, flat it out at uh, Charlotte. Do you Yuck. think that they're going to use for the pro invitational, they'll use this car for the rest of the season for it? No, um, they already announced so? they weren't. 
Oh, okay. Because I was going to say they're going to go to Chicago. I thought they might. That's back think, to the normal car in Chicago. Huh. I think that these cars would go. I think of all the places, these cars will act better at a road course because of all the new changes more than they'll be a little bit better on these for for being stuck to the track on, on ovals and stuff like that. But the road courses, it'll have so much more. I think, David, it'll start coming back to you kind of the the IMSA car way where they have it, yep. it, it may not drive it'll be heavy but it, it might drive that's a, a little that's bit what different. dick even said it's like driving a, a cheap imza car is what he said um uh, on the road course and it was really hard to break he said he couldn't get the thing to stop i can't remember which is weird because it, now they finally got bigger bigger brakes in the front it should be stopped yeah but it's better. still it still weighs twice as much as say a, a you know a gte probably yeah but it's so he's so you're, so you're saying is he's comparing to a GTE trying to slow it down, not the probably, stock pro- probably, probably. Because uh, the other thing I was thinking of is um, you got those bigger brakes, so it should be a lot better on the road course. And I think these cars are going to go faster on road courses, and they're they're saying they're already slower and everything else. So the road courses, I think they're going to set new personal track times this year with it or next year with it. I saw. Oh, the brakes feel good. Yeah, I saw somebody. Somebody said that they were doing two seconds faster a lap at uh, the Charlotte Roval than they did in the, in the present Cup car. Which wouldn't surprise me, just because of all the, just the, having the diffuser, having the um, independent rear suspension when you only had a truck arm suspension before. It might drive more like I'm trying to remember. Does the V? I think the V8 supercar has independent rear suspension too. So it kind of maybe more resembled that car. Somebody in the forums asked Christian Challoner, um, is the car ready for super speedways uh, as far as arrow and everything? And he said, yeah. I know on Darlington, when I run around there, I regained, uh, I was running 29, eight, and I was like running 28, uh, sixes with it at Darlington. So, I mean, it's, I, I love it. <laughs> I'm just worried about the mile and a half and uh, man, they really needed to fix that. And so I don't think they can without more horsepower, but so we'll see. It's also going to be based on tire data too. Cause I don't think they get the tires. I don't, I, at least I wouldn't think they have the tires right on this thing yet either too. I wonder if NASCAR will ever implement on the roadside two different compounds like some of the like indie car guys like just for road courses have a soft and a, a harder compound for road or are they just going to keep it up with once one compound all the all the way around they got the ring compound they've tried that at an oval before haven't they i don't know if they have or not it'll be interesting to see I wonder if they would ever do that for an oval, but it really wouldn't make a difference unless you're trying to guess if they're going to have a long run to a short run. But what, was that Indy or was it an all-star race where they actually had two different compounds, but the fall-off just wasn't enough to make it make a full difference? Oh, it was the all-star race. You're right. The Charlotte one when they did the, the aero package. experience. Yeah. yeah. I think they went with the red and the yellow, I think. So speaking of drafting, Brian, we have already seen some drafting with the new car. Yeah, so uh, Alex Fox posted on YouTube a video of the next-gen car uh, going around the iRacing Super Speedway. And uh, either this is like a, an early glitch in the car or uh, this number 11 car in the video is the best backwards driver 
you've ever seen because he he's going backwards the entire time his car's facing the wrong direction going around i racing speedway drafting a car in front of him so i'm, I'm sure it's a, some kind of some kind of glitch uh because you can't go that fast in reverse uh but it's, it's pretty funny to watch and uh it, i mean it's going in reverse all the roof flaps are open and everything else so um something's not quite right on that one but We'll see. He, he's going. Well, it looks like maybe one fifty in reverse. No, he says one eighty. <laughs> he said one eighty five or something like oh, that. That's wow. what he got it up to. I don't know if you guys noticed. I don't know if you read the comments on the YouTube page for it, but iRacing is the first post on it and said, uh, "Note for next test: test in reverse." For uh, <laughs> so, I guess this is something they didn't test. It's probably probably doesn't have a restriction on this on the gear ratio that you can set for the reverse gear. Well, right? it's gotta be. If you're running that fast reverse, that motor wouldn't last very long because there's no cooling going to it at all. Well, <laughs> yeah, they can. But they can have the damage turned off in a hosted session. But uh, yeah, it's gotta have your normal reverse gear is going to be on the chip before you get anywhere close to that speed. Like I know you got a second gear in a transport truck to reverse faster, but I've never heard doing uh, 185 in reverse. So you'll have uh, you're like hobbits. You have second reverse instead of second breakfast. <laughs> got a five 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 gear reverse. Okay, and then finally um, to wrap up with the release of the next gen car, iRacing has announced a limited time offer. Um, this is the one I mentioned through May 12th, um, a first year discount for new customers of only $20.22 for a year of iRacing. Wow. And uh, there's a PR, there's a code to use PR-2022 next gen. That's ridiculous. Just Cheap. crazy. It almost makes, seriously though, it almost makes me want to open up a second account. I mean, you can race on a second account for 22 bucks. I mean, 20 bucks for a year. Well, you know, you have enough money to do all your stuff. That you oh, stop it. <laughs> but, but 20 bucks is, I mean, I can't even buy our dinner for 20 bucks, you know? And, and uh, you're right. Uh, when you look at the uh, replies to this uh, Twitter, actually, um, there's several people that saying just that. Hey, maybe I'm going to get a second account um, with a price like that. Why not? There's nothing to lose. Yeah, but you're getting a second yeah, account with right. only the base stuff. Like you don't get you still yeah. have to pay for everything. Yeah, and then I was thinking about it for my kid. You know, he's a uh, he's he he races on my account in practices, but I won't let him go near a, a hosted or a session with anybody else in it. But uh, it'd be good for him to learn with. Yeah, Just that's a cheap. Uh, hey, here, you know, try this for a year. His birthday's coming up too. Maybe I'll swing that for a birthday present. <laughs> well, we know you can afford another rig. Oh my God! There's number two. I already did it, David. I already did that too. Oh, did I just? I just stepped up. I, I was away, huh? I was going to say he'll he'll build them a mini uh, or a, a smaller version of the uh, rig that you got, right, Brian? <laughs> yeah, that's that'll work. <laughs> well, Morley, not Morley. Bobby does actually have a a rig designed for for the little ones already. With this car seat in it, it's awesome. Okay, and then Greg, we had updates to Darlington itself on Tuesday and Wednesday morning. So most of the updates were kind of visual stuff for because of the broadcast, was it not, Mike? Yeah, I think so. They just wanted to get everything up to date and uh, twenty twenty one looking. 
And I, yeah. the thing I noticed was the fr fresh paint on the walls. I mean, I think the red and the white on the walls, you could definitely tell um, it was different than it was before. The Tuesday uh, patch made changes to the surface. It did, yeah, and which was remove a little grip, right? It's what it felt like to me. Uh, the, the set still works, but I had to tighten it back up a little, basically. Did they do anything with sponsorships on that update? I wonder if they do that when, when yeah. they broadcast in a race on on TV. Yeah, there was what quite was a bit of signage. Sponsor? The, the sponsor? Wednesday. I don't remember, but Wednesday had signage updates as well. Yeah, I don't know if they were tied to the Fox broadcast or not, but yeah, they definitely updated uh, sponsor signs. It, it, yeah, I think... I'm, a, I'm sorry, Dave. If, if I'm a sponsor of the real race car, you know, racetrack, and uh, I watch a, a, a iRacing event at my track, and my, my signage is not on there, I would not be happy, I think. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the, uh, this is all about. Well, they, they probably have to license that, though, too. They probably have to pay if they want the online coverage along with the in-person coverage. It's probably a separate fee and a separate service. Um, and I think the track surface actually looked a little lighter as well. All right. Uh, other hot fixes, uh, Kyle? Um, iRacing had posted, uh, sorry for the last minute at iRacing. We'll be coming down for deployment of the 2021 Season 2 Patch 5 Hot Fix 1 release. Wednesday, May 5th, beginning at 10 a.m. Uh, so they just gave out a little heads up that, you know, service could come down for a little bit yesterday, which I was at work, so I had to worry about it too much. Some of the pro Road to Pro guys were screaming uh, because of the track change, you know, yeah, right before the Road to Pro race Thursday. Uh, you, you, are you guys worried about those guys screaming or... Who cares? You know, we're fixing this for NASCAR. It's all about Wednesday night. What happens, it's no different than real life. What happens if it rains and the track changes? It is what it is. You got to adapt. Every, and it's, not like it's, it's not like it only affects one person. It affects everybody. It's not so... Mike, someone like you who doesn't practice, it doesn't really affect for that track. You right. just go into it, right? But Bring it. one team may have their resources where they're able to practice, do most of their setup work on Wednesday. One team, they may be all working on Wednesday night, and they did all of their practice and setup work on Sunday. Right, and now they're hosed. Just happens. It's part of life, right? You know, did you guys, uh, speaking of last-minute uh, updates, did you guys see Bowman's post on twitter about uh he had a windows update just before the prevent the, the pro race started no they, they actually showed it on the on the broadcast yeah <laughs> well we've got some irx to talk as well they had an all-star race round two they held it at the new Barcelona rally course, and the win went to Johnny, oh boy, Alekainen. Uh Kevin Ellis Jr. was in second, and... Oh, no, that I'm sorry. That is actually his name. No, Johnny, this is a hard-to-read hard to read script. <laughs> I think uh, it's Ollie. Ollie the, butchered it, all right. It's with Ollie the, well, Johnny Alikainen. No, uh, Ollie. Ollie Alikainen. Ollie Alikainen. Well, who's Johnny? Jo it's, it's, Ollie is how it's spelled. It's, that's how you pronounce that word. In, in, There's two Ollies in there? Oh, my God. I don't see, I don't see two Ollies. <laughs> the J, never mind. It's, <laughs> anyways. But I, I guess Kevin Ellis is in second here, and Rasmus Tuominen is in second. If it's Ali Ali, it needs to have two 
it has needs to have Ollie in there twice. So we, we we talk about these pronunciations because we slaughter them, and then we have listeners tell us how bad we slaughter them. So apologies to all the drivers. I don't know you guys as well. Uh, send us in those corrections, and we'll we'll do better next time. Yeah, the the moral of the story is keep these Finnish drivers out of the top three, so we don't have to pronounce your last names. Direct yeah. all comments to David Hall. Um, well, go right ahead. The, the yeah, what, Gary, what, Gary what was Corbett. also confusing is that it didn't say third for Rasmus. So hey, David's specialty is the Finnish names and uh, people's wives. Whoa, now. <laughs> all right, guys. So. Uh, uh, as we uh, approach Darlington this week in NASCAR and the throwback uh, uh, race, um, iRacing is going throwback as well. So uh, NASCAR on NBC tweeted that uh, a video of the Papyrus NASCAR racing from 1994. And uh, wow, what a, what a cool video to watch, you know, you know, it's it's not technically iRacing, racing, but it's it's really is the uh, the uh, roots and the uh, the first uh, first set of uh, racing games from NASCAR that Papyrus had put out that that eventually has uh, developed into iRacing. What a neat video. Uh, Ned Jarrett's on there uh, doing the call of the race. It was really cool to see. Those would be else? the V1 tires, right? <laughs> I was going to say, we used to think that this was like top of the line graphics. It and it's just crazy. It's crazy how everything's evolved, right? I mean, this is like 16 big graphics. Well, I mean, come on, they're still using this engine, right? Well, according to some of the form posts, yes. So, I, this brings back memories for sure. I mean, I, this was my first uh, racing sim, was this particular one, um, NASCAR racing from Papyrus. And uh, just seeing the video and hearing the music and uh, the Ned Jarrett as the announcer guy, yeah, total deja vu, man. Nobody can say you're throwing it back until you start talking about the arcade pole position or the the paddle racing game with just the little on the old Atari with where the road is just a bunch of vertical the lines. Grand Prix one? I don't remember what it was called. I think it was called Night Grand Prix stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was in the arcade where they actually had a wheel and a seat, but uh, you just you know it wasn't it, it was definitely not realistic. It was just kind of turn right and turn left, and the and the car would sort of slide. And you, you had to make a certain lap in a certain amount of time. All right. Podcast housekeeping notes. Uh, Aftermath podcast. Get it. It's a separate thing you have to subscribe to. Um, they're going to record this Saturday. And I think I heard Brandon Uhouse is going to be on. He's been on before, hasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. that's the second time on. And uh, don't forget, Midwest Simulations uh, has their spotlights, and you can get 10% off using the coupon code iRacers Lounge. We're on the Performance Motorsports Network. Don't forget to listen to us out there. And now, Brian, quickly, Fantasy. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. All right, guys, so after the last race, uh, we have just in time leading the top of the poll. Obaby44, second place, and Scotty Boy, Scotty Boy is in third. So, uh, Greg, you're up to seventh, gained a few positions. Good job for you. Moving Kath, on. Adam. Moving on. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and um, 
I know personally I forgot to put in my picks and I did better than I normally do. So uh, good for me. I'm still in the top 35. <laughs> Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Time to kick off hardware. We're going to start with a company review from racinganywhere.co.uk. And what we've got here is an 8020 rig. Nice looking one, though. Um, they even have a nice little carpet that comes with their, their gear. And they do have some hydraulic pedals as well. Running the uh, pedals are actually around 1,000 euro. The rig itself is around... Uh, five to six hundred euro it's a good price for hydraulic pedals actually and uh i was kind of pleasantly surprised by how affordable the 8020 rig was as well and um that's actually pound not euro i, I misread the symbol 515 pounds for this uh the 8020 rig i think that's without the seat though probably yep but uh, if you're in the uk check it out i got another source over there there's a bunch Actually, like that carpet idea. It's a really nice addition to it. Now I have my rig on a carpet, but it's just like a you know a throw rug, uh, six by eight, I believe. But and it actually completely fits on the rug. And I just kind of did that to protect the tile because this was a brand new house when we moved in. And uh, the problem is, is every you know it's it's like six years later, and I haven't really moved the rig to like clean you know, the carpet or anything. And so, yeah. Just buy a new rug and throw that one away. David, you what seat? You don't have a Sparco seat, do you? Yes. Is it like that? The one on the site? Uh, let me pull it back up. Uh, the seat looks pretty comfy. I don't think it's the exact same seat. But, uh, yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah, this one reclines and everything. Well, yeah, mine's leaned back, and, and you know, it's in the proper GT position. Mine also has some extra lumbar support that you can actually move around yourself. They're detachable. Does yours recline, Dave? It's leaned. It, it, I mean, you lean it back. You set it. It depends on your rig, on how you attach it. Now, now this, this one looks like it's a little lever that lets you lean back in a, like, in a real car seat. Where do you see that? You'll see the lever on the left-hand side on of the video. There. No, I'm not watching the video. I'm not looking directly at the site. Yeah, but okay. uh, I like the – my seat moves b with a lever as well. And uh, But I've been looking at a new seat. But all these new seats I'm looking at don't move, so I don't know if I like that because I like to sit back. Maybe you should take this next topic about uh, field of view and leaning the wrong way, Mike. This one made my blood boil. Yeah. So this is, uh, we, we titled this the FOB, FOV police. Um, it's from the niche YouTube channel, N I S C H. And, uh, they're testing out uh, a six degree of motion system, which is very, very advanced looking system, lots of travel in it. Uh, the problem with it is, is that, um, the triple monitor setup, which is really nice triple monitor setup as well. They're big screen TVs. Um, it's, it's like at the at the uh, driver's feet, and they have to look around the steering wheel and around the wheelbase to see where they're going and stuff. So yeah, so definitely not the ideal place for these triple monitors to go. Uh, but it's it's actually a really intricate system that they've been building. Um, 
So uh, I, I went through the history of this uh, this YouTube channel, and um, apparently this is kind of like temporary. Later later on, after some of the tests are complete, the triples get set up in the proper position. But it's really funny watching this now. Uh, this poor this poor young lady uh, looking around the steering wheel to see where the heck she's driving. Those monitors those should be mounted to the actual rig. I'm uh, glad to hear that they fixed it. I was concerned that they're running like that permanently. But, I mean, honestly, her kneecaps are at the right spot visually, um, not her head. And so, uh, like you said, at one point, she had to literally lean, like, peer up over the steering wheel base to even see the screen because they're so low. So, yeah, FOV... Yeah, I'm sorry. FOV is important. And whenever we talk about FOV, we're talking about the angle of the screen. But I think we forget to mention the key, other key step. Guess what? Your eyeball needs to be a straight line to the center of the screen as far as the height of the screen. And if you don't have that, then you might as well just give up. She's like basically what she's doing in this is she's she's trying to track the monitor. She's not tracking what's inside the sim. She's tracking to be centered with the monitor with her eyes. Well, to your point, Greg, since they're the, the monitors are stationary, I don't think she's getting a, a good experience um, in this situation. She's probably getting sick. Like <laughs> you're that's like being in a boat trying to look at the horizon. Yeah, I can't remember if uh, they, when they do finally get screens up in front of the driving position, I can't remember if they're stationary or if they're moving with the rig. Because um, th this rig moves so much, I think if you had stationary screens, it would not go together really well as, cause just, just because of the, the, the amount of motion the system has in it. Okay, everybody's been talking about the brand-new CSL DD uh, direct drive wheel from Fanatec. Um, Traxian posted up a video with a closer look recently, um, going into a deeper dive, basically, um, with some really neat computer animation or uh, kind of thing that kind of shows the in innards of the wheel and what it looks like from the inside, uh, how the how it accepts wheels onto its mount and different things like that. Uh, kind of like a fancy commercial. What do you think? All I know is half the team that doesn't have direct drive is ready for this to come out. Yeah, why, why would you? There was another Fanatec, Fanatec posted a video, too, just uh, earlier today, um, which I thought was going to be the highly anticipated uh, CEO, Thomas, uh, from Fanatec, answering questions about this new product. And I did watch it to see if it was uh, worthy of the show, and it wasn't because they kind of made a joke out of it. Uh, they were just reading questions that were like uh, joke questions, and uh, he didn't give us any real information. So, yeah, not a fan of that. All right, guys. Uh, so next up is a, um, a video that I, I put on the script from Will Ford on the Boosted Media channel. It's, a, it's actually a really good channel for sim racing stuff. Uh, that's Boosted Media. Um, and he puts out regular content. Um, it's just, this is something that we talked about a little bit earlier, but he goes through the whole setup and everything. It's how to achieve the next level of immersion with an ambient lighting setup. So he goes through uh, this uh, setup and shows you how it works. Um, 
it works really great in night racing. You know, you get the uh, the uh, the different uh, sh- shadowing and the and the lighting effects as you're driving through, in, and and uh, the shadow, uh, the uh, daylight effects are all. It's really cool, and you know, this is like the first thing that's really made me wish I wasn't in VR because it's so amazing how this works and it gives such a neat effect as you're, as you're racing, but he does, he can build this system, uh, this immersion system with the lighting for under $300 and shows you how to do it. I think that's a really good upgrade. If, if you're, if you're working driving with uh, triple monitors or something like that, take my money, take my money, Brian, take my money. I was going to say, you're going to be doing this, aren't you, Mike? I think so. Uh, yeah, this is the one I was waiting for, right, Brian, that we talked about like three weeks ago? It's a little different, I believe. He uses he doesn't use the same system, I don't think. But, um, yeah, they, uh, Mike, uh, watch this video. He goes over the products that he uses. It's it's fantastic. I love this system. It won't work for me at all in VR, although I was thinking about getting it anyway. I'm just kidding. But uh, it's pretty cool. So. Now, I was going to say the the story before actually was a different guy. Now that I'm remembering, it was on Facebook, and he yes. said he was going to put a video out on how to do it. And it looks like uh, this, this guy did instead. Yeah. Now looking at this, Mike too, um, he's using a different. I think he's using a set of course or something in this in some parts of this video to to look at it. But he's got one point there around the 27 minute mark in the video where it's he's in a thunderstorm. And every time the flash go like a, a lightning bolt hits flat, the f- things flash. It looks so cool. Um, just adds that more immersion that uh, you know we want in the sim. Wow, I see that. It would work perfect in here because I'm in a small office and I have an overhead light. I could put the Philips Hughes bulbs in the overhead light, and I'm in, I'm in business. Well, they're using he's using light strips, right? For this video, yeah, I think that's what he was doing. But that's the guy, the other guy uh, from the other th- story, he was just using regular bulbs in a li- in a lamp. I think you'd probably get more more accuracy with these strips than like you could place them in the right spots. Well, interestingly, I do have um, some LED strips on the back sides of the triples uh, that can put out any kind of color light, including white. I could potentially plug that into whatever is driving the system. I'll have to look at it for sure. I'm definitely interested. All right. Well, let's see what we got here. Q3 hydraulic pedal preview. Uh, Q3 Sim Sports has a YouTube video they put out with a uh, basically just an overview of their new hydraulic pedals they came out with. Um, it seems like more and more of these hydraulic pedals are actually becoming a pretty popular thing. Um, but look at their website. Uh, you go to it, and they've got the three pedal set and the two pedal set. Uh, the three pedal set goes for twelve hundred dollars, and it appears to be in stock. The two pedal set goes for nine hundred dollars, and that's without a clutch. And it seems to be sold out. Um, looks pretty durable, pretty rugged. Um, of course, you know, without actually using them, you don't know the quality. But I would, I would say they look, you know, pretty stiff. Like they'd be, you know, sturdy for what you need. Um, all in all, I think it's a nice looking pedal set. Yeah, we talked about these a few weeks ago too, but this is a, a nice review video of them. I don't think we've seen a, I've seen a video on them yet. So um, based on the video, I did watch it. Uh, yeah, these are top of the line. I mean, these would be comparable to what I have, uh, or if you bought like uh, some HPPs or some other uh, hydraulic version. Um, Joe, what are the pedals you have from Rick Motec? 
at Joe left, but yeah, he's got the Rickmo Tech one. So yeah, these are definitely comparable and at the right price, twelve hundred for the three pedal set. This was the one with the Willwood and the Leo Bonder stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, high quality stuff for sure. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. I was running some laps. Um, tell, tell me about uh, your pedals. Uh, they're the uh, GT Talon, I think, or I think that's what they call them. Not a hundred percent sure, but they're from Ripmotech. Uh, they are, I think they were fifteen hundred and some dollars, I think. Uh, but yeah, I love them. Yeah. Rickmotech, they're out of Florida, right? So that's uh, in the U.S. Yeah, and their support group, which I've I've had these pedals now for close to two years, and I haven't had not a moment's problem with them. I mean, the brakes feel good. Of course, you don't really use the clutch in your, unless you're you know running uh you know one of the street stock cars or something. But as far as the throttle response and the brakes, I mean, it's pretty much like driving your car i mean like you get into like martinsville and you get on the brakes real hard you know you you own them where you're not locking the wheels up and they slowly progress back to where you know they're releasing a little bit as they're you're in the turn and i mean it, I, I love them okay and those are traditional pedals um greg for the first time in forever, I think we have some innovation in pedals so let's talk about our last hardware well, and I was kind of going through this, just trying to, I saw the pictures when we posted on our, our, uh, messenger, but it's kind of an innovative pedal because, um, like does Timo Koskill post in the forums? Um, he wanted to create a pedal that, um, that was different from, you know, things that he's noticed when in his pedals, if I was reading some of the stuff here, um, he wanted a three point support for your foot. So when you look at this, this pedal um it's basically got a, a spot for your heel where you normally would rest your heel then you got the, the the ball of your foot um has a support as well and then uh i guess it would you call it the ball or the, the mid part of your foot the middle and then the, the, and then the top where you arch. push with your toes you got the the last part of the pedal and you kind of it kind of keeps your foot completely engaged with the pedal at all times because i when i saw this i kind of thought about how when you're actually pushing a pedal you're using your feet and your toes to kind of control it. So this kind of maybe gives you a little bit more feel and control of, of how you get, uh, uh, you know, use the pedal. Um, so reading through here, he's got, let's call it a dual action uh, pedal arm. Um, it's with the design with a three point support. So um, basically it's just to try and keep your foot from rotating. When you think about your foot on a regular break, um, my heel is planted and it's a pivot point, and I'm, the top of my foot is going back and forth on the to move the pedal, and that's it. And this is a different kind of product because you're not pivoting off your heel anymore. Your heel is moving as part of the wheel, uh, pedal movement. Your heel, uh, the, your arch, and your toe toes all kind of working in conjunction at the with the three touch the three points being touched and uh i i, I just feel like your 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 feet would move more and you're not going to be pivoting off of your heel it's fascinating there's quite I, a few other features too including um they, they've got it set up to be less noisy it's got some actual uh stops on the back that are designed to keep keep it from clicking every time you hit the back 
and then check the video for how it moves. I mean, that really is the is telling when you watch the video uh, down below. Look at how the heel comes up off of the bottom. Um, and so I wonder if would I be comfortable driving a pedal like this, or would it feel awkward because it doesn't feel like a, a traditional car? I don't know. Well, the bad news is he's going to refuse to sell them to me because of how bad I slaughtered those names. <laughs> Let's talk results. Uh, NASCAR iRacing Series. I uh, will finish up last week. Kansas Friday Open. I wrecked out. It was lap three. I go high on a guy, and he doesn't give me any room, and we clip and get destroyed. I was down 200 RPM, about to blow up, and I parked it. Greg P18. Yeah, my Friday night. Uh, actually, that's I don't. Did I race? Yeah, Friday night. I think I, no Friday night I got wrecked out. I think that's an old result there. Um, I was completely demolished on the exit of a corner. Someone hit the wall and turned down into me, and I went down into the inside and totally blew it up. So I didn't have any results from Friday night that uh, were good. I think I finished second to dead last or dead last. And I was uh, pretty frustrated with the long run set most of the race, uh, but a late caution allowed me to steal a lot of spots there towards the end. I just was uh, picking them off on the short run, the, and the caution was actually caused by a blown right front tire of the leader or, or one of the dominant cars in the front. He blew his right front and actually bounced off the wall, took somebody else. And after all that, ended up taking P4 and having a really good day. I'm up uh, at, after that point, I was up to fifth place in uh, overall points. Okay. Tony Rochette, P12. He says, don't remember, must have sucked. Brian, P27. Yeah, so um, started mid-deck in this. Uh, Kyle was in my heat. He actually started a couple spots in front of me. Um, uh, it was, uh, yeah, well, my split, I should say, right? Uh, started mid-pack, uh, moved to, the, I moved up in top 10 throughout the race. I don't feel like I really had a whole lot for the leaders, uh, but I thought if I, um, you know, had a good finish, I was, could still get top 10, but yeah, it didn't matter. I got caught up in my else's junk and uh got 33 minutes required and uh that ended my race p27 okay kyle how'd you do kyle's out he had to go do oh. something like all right so that moves to sunday open greg p11 no that was a p <laughs> p2 i don't know the results must have got carried over somehow um i finished second in the, my sunday open and uh i got second place six seconds back uh, on a fuel mileage race where I went two, two laps further than everybody else. Everybody else had to pit um, except me and this, uh, me and the, uh, the, guy, the guy that eventually won, but he, uh, he had to pit, um, he pitted a lap after I did. And I went, uh, I went from lap 72 to all the way to one, 134 on a tank of fuel. Um, and we, I think that race, we went from lap 10 on with no cautions. It was a great green, great green flag run race. Um, it kind of sucks that I didn't get to try the setup on the long run in the second part of the race because it felt like it would have been a lot better if I could actually 
maybe if I would have been able to draw it out earlier on the first pit stop, get it a little bit further so I could actually charge and go after the guy, but I'll take a P2, um, especially at this time of the season at Kansas, because that set was awesome. We really did some really good work with that set. Nice run, very well done. All right, Sunday fixed, uh, I ran P17. I ran pretty good uh, anywhere from 8th to 20th, about 10 to go under caution. Uh, this guy two cars up from me literally slams on his brakes and we all pile in and sure enough I was looking down at my phone like a fool on caution I mean who doesn't but um, but yeah I mean I just look down for a second I look up and I'm I'm plowed right into this guy and you look at the replay he literally just locked up the brakes completely locked them up and uh two of us pile in and so what a bummer um brian p12 so uh sunday fixed i got a p12 um actually i felt more competitive in the fixed race than i did in the open race um i, I made my way up to third um and i and we got if we had long runs i was really doing well i could really make up some space at the end of a long run but it was a lot of wrecks in this in this uh split um so didn't get too many long runs the one i did i moved up to third place um i was in position to get a good finish until we had a greenway checker finish and uh, there's a wreck in front of me and i got i got caught up in it so i dropped the 12th after that okay and then steven lou allen got a p4 uh, Tyler Williamson, also P4. He said, pumped after my first top five in NIS. Also my first start in the A car at Kansas. Fun race stayed high the whole time. Even managed to have zero X. Good run. So I did actually run the Sunday open. I had it in the Sunday fix because of the way the formatting was. Uh, I, put, I thought I'd put it in the open spot. Uh, it was P15 top split no caution we had we had no caution after lap 17 i did have a little damage from one of the early wrecks from somebody behind me failing to check up in time uh so but p15 in top split when i was like car 30 I'll, I, I guess i'll take it okay let's talk darlington wins the open david wrecked out yep uh we had a guy that's becoming known as that guy uh you know we had that guy last year but nobody's seen him since so this guy i guess is campaigning to be his replacement who just drives recklessly and is just running people over constantly he dives on me really horrifically and i just i just see him coming manage and get out of the way and just let him go and he wrecks somebody four cars in front of me that car that he wrecks takes me out i'm backwards on the track coming to a stop and that car comes and hits me basically almost full speed because the caution hasn't come out since um, I had not come to a complete stop yet. And so he hadn't even checked up yet and hits me just about full speed. Completely destroys the car. And that's a direct result of them breaking the cautions. Yeah, I thought I had the link in here, but uh, yeah, there's a, a video you posted, David, where they were literally stopped on the track and no caution. That was from Kansas, actually. Oh, and, and I replied to the thread that we talked about last week, and that guy, the guy that we talked about, uh, his name's Matt. I forget his last name. He was he was in my race, and we got to talking about it. And I told him, yeah, that we talked about it on the show last week. And I added this to the thread. It's it's there was like seven or eight cars destroyed, and I got down. I didn't stop. I got down to thirty miles an hour. All right, how is that safe to be going thirty miles an hour 
on a track with with 30 cars and how is that not blocked and there were car there were cars that were stopped at the bottom still on the track but they were still sliding at about five miles an hour so it didn't throw it it's i mean i know they won't respond about it everybody says well they probably are not because they're just trying to teach everybody who was bitching about it being too sensitive a lesson well i wasn't one of those people and i think it's stupid now and it's just it's just broken all right and then kyle uh said i don't want to talk about it i dq'd with two laps to go ouch Tom Dryling, uh, I put, did not start. I don't know exactly what happened with Tom. I think he was there, but he missed the race, and then he was gone a couple laps later. I don't know if he wrecked or what, but sorry, Tom. Uh, and I got a P6. Man, I'm happy with that. I actually was running second with the last green flag stop uh, were, were happening, uh, so the leader stopped. Uh, I decided to stop the next lap so he wouldn't uh, short pit me. Um, and then not two, three laps later, caution. So both of us uh, had to take a wave around. Uh, I could only get back up to fifth and then I slipped to sixth um, after that, losing all that track position. Uh, the other guy who was the leader, Carlos Carmunga, who was super fast, I don't think I could have caught him. He had some other issue and was farther back, but because uh, the fast cars, the two of us, were back uh, because of that caution, um, some other cars stayed out, um, a group of cars, and, um, and uh, they went on to win. And uh, none other than Tim Phillips. Um, I wanna call this out because I've been racing with Tim Phillips for a long time. He's been on iRacing nine years. Uh, he's been racing uh, the NIS Open Series and Fixed for the last seven, and he participates weekly. So I know Tim, and I've raced him for a long time. And he has never, ever won an NIS race until this one. But uh, there was a late restart, he had to earn it. Uh, those guys were all over him, and he was able to hold them off and, and win the race. So congratulations, Tim. Uh, it was just a pleasure to see him finally win and just shows you there's a lot of people in these series that don't win guys and they're out there every week uh you know putting in some quality racing and uh and tim's one of those guys it's so good to just see him win it so good to see that tony rochette actually skipped the race uh, he was scared i think a little scared thursday he'll open really, he'll really like that you said that <laughs> He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to add to his noisemakers a chicken sound. So he uh, he did run with me today. So we both ran Thursday Open. Uh, I got a DNF. Uh, I got doored by uh, a guy and was pretty frustrated. Uh, was kind of mouthing off in the chat, and then about a lap later, I put it in the wall. Um, Bob all by myself too, and killed it six and a half minutes damage. So I parked it. Uh, Tony Rochette, he put P16. What a cluster fook. Got a drive through and engine blew a lap after. All right, let's talk official racing. Tyler Williamson, Pro 2 Trucks, P1. Nice win. I've raced with Tyler in the trucks, man. He's really good at those. Those aren't easy to win. I mean, that's, that's saying something. All right, let's jump to Fast Track Sim Racing League. Monday night at Kansas. P3. Now, that's not the story of the race, though. 
I actually ended up missing the start because I almost forgot to change out of the qualifying set. It was like 30 seconds left on the grid and I, oh shit, I forgot. I jump out, I switch it real quick. I can't get back in time and I miss the start. So I was dead last, a half lap down. Then green flag stops eventually started and I stayed out as everyone else started pitting. And with only one lap left of fuel, caution, I was saved. Now I have one more set of tires than everybody else. So I got a late caution at the end, me and two other people who uh, had extra tires and nobody else did, we took our tires and just blew by the rest of them and ended up up front. And uh, I might've been able to win this race, but I wasn't as aggressive as uh, Wes Hurd, um, who was the other guy that was had tires and then Alan Pajari, as well and Allen ended up winning the race. And that was after the problem with Morley too, right? Well, and Morley was mad because he dominated. Uh, so that was my story. So he didn't miss the start. He was up front. He led laps. I think he led the most laps. Um, and he was gonna win this race without that late caution. And of course he didn't have tires like everybody else. and and we blew by him and he basically lost his win because of that caution. Uh, and it was someone being, trying to bring the caution out purposely too, which was unfortunate from what I saw in the replay. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, the guy, I saw the replay, he, he lost it. Uh, he, he tried to correct after losing it and then he like spun again. And then he like ended up, he was in like right in the middle of the grass and he just, slammed on the brakes and in towed um i i wouldn't think that that would have brought out a caution if you're in the grass like that i mean he wasn't even close to the racing surface well it's, it's the funny thing is it shouldn't have brought out a caution but it did but i don't know what he was doing he there was definitely not trying to get onto the race surface it, it kind of just looked like he'd given up that late in the race but who knows it was just i was watching from the stream so yeah, and it was uh, it was tough to swallow for Mike, but that's what happens when teammates are in a race together and you guys end up on split strategies. It's gonna work out for one of you and it's not gonna work out for the other one. It's typically how it works. Oh yeah, me and Greg never did. It worked out for him, but not for me. <laughs> what, you mean when the one that you spun me in? <laughs> no, the, uh, uh, what, Sunday at Kansas when I ran? Oh I yeah. tires right. too early, man, and that was like, crap yeah but you did that with no sound the, trying to drive iRacing with no sound at all is is pretty much impossible you need that engine sound of anything just to oh, know where stuff it was killing me man i was like oh god so morley ended up p5 um best of the the people that had no tires um but yeah sorry to see him lose that race because he did so well and um, but I am, I, you know, I was in position to win. I mean, I thought Wes Hurd and Alan Pajari were going to wreck and I was going to, you know, be there to take the win. I just couldn't catch them. And I, it was really when we were flying through the traffic, Wes Hurd, you know, kind of aggressively got by me and I, I kind of let that happen. And if I, I probably shouldn't have, and then, then I would have had the track position, but oh well, you live and learn. Uh, Tom Dryling ran with us as well in that race. He ended up P14. He hit the wall in the last lap and ended uh, last car on the lead lap. Uh, other thing about this league, uh, they are recruiting guys. Um, 
it, you must have experience running A Open and NIS Open weekly. An A license, a good attitude and racecraft is a must. Uh, you can find the Fast Track Sim Racing League on GridFinder. Uh, the Discord link to uh, that league is on GridFinder, so that's how you can find them. They're also in the iRacing League directory. Fast Track is one word, and Jeffrey Marble is the owner. Hit him up, guys, and come race with me and Mike. Uh, we're having fun over there. All right, guys. Uh, so Wednesday night was the OBR. L Aftermath Truck Series, the old bastards. Uh, so uh, taking first place was uh, Tom um, Liberace Ogle. Uh, second place, Steve Thompson. Third place, D. Wayne MacArthur. D. Wayne MacArthur finishes third. Um, just to give you a shout out, uh, if you didn't listen to the Aftermath show last week, Steve Thompson was the guest. You get to hear how Thomas Ogle got the uh, nickname Liberace. It is hilarious. It's a really good show. Steve Thompson was hilarious, funny on that. Um, I, I highly recommend uh, going back and listening to that if you haven't checked it out yet. Gridfinder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Gridfinder Redfinder.com, the home of online sim racing leagues. Okay, very good. Uh, final thoughts, Brian McCubbin. So, uh, yeah, so I'm really excited. I haven't purchased the new car yet. I'm going to do that either t probably tomorrow and uh, get started on that. And uh, I'll put this out for a couple of you guys who have uh, fanatic stuff. I am really concerned about switching over my H pattern shifter to the uh, sequential because that's how i'm going to run this uh, new car and uh, i haven't put it in sequential mode since the first day i got it just to see how it worked and it's been an h pattern ever since that and i'm really nervous i'm going to have a steve uh, or, a, or a mike ellis situation where the thing doesn't move like your steering wheel because it's been in one position for so long so um I think I'm going to try it and, and and give it a shot. See if it switches over when I get the when I get this new car loaded up and uh, try the sequential shifting. And uh, wish me luck. Hope it works out. It's okay. The sequential it. shifters from Fanatic have never, or any of the shifters from Fanatic have never <laughs> had problems before. Well, that's never the thing. I've never, I've never had any issues. <laughs> I've never had any issues with my shifter, and I'm I'm a feeling I feel like. Once I try switching over to sequential, I'll have all kinds of problems all of a sudden. I'm just really nervous about it. But I really want to try this car with the with the sequential in it. If it makes you feel any better, I didn't have any problems with mine for about a year and a half and didn't even switch it. It just started messing up in the age pattern. Then it got really bad to where you go from second, going to third, it would go to first, blow your motor, wreck half of the field. So I got tired of that and bought me a nice shifter. I got tired of it and just switched to sequential permanently, right? Um, and you'll it'll run fine for you in the sequential mode. You may end up wanting to play around with the, the tension on it compared to what you have it set with uh, with the H pattern, but it'll be nice. Um, as far as my final thoughts, I am on a caution crusade. Enough said. Bingo. 
<laughs> okay, Greg Hector's final thoughts. Uh, also, uh, with uh, what uh, David was saying there to you, Brian, you can the thing that I've done with my sequential shifter from Fnatic to uh, in the sequential mode, I've turned it when I run the rally car, I use it as a handbrake. It actually works pretty good as a handbrake too in that you should be okay switching it over the sequential part is like the strongest part for that for that thing if, if there is a strong part in it but uh no uh i'm just uh looking forward to uh some more race the darlington race this weekend um getting some of that done um not much going on just uh working away slowly and and not getting a lot done okay and joe owen final thoughts uh Really, I have none. Just excited to can't wait for this new car to where we can run it all the time. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I got this high dollar shifter and it doesn't do sequential, but well, I'll be able to race the other cars with it and all of that. But other than that, man, I'm just moseying along as usual, trying to get myself healed back up so I can get back in the competition like I should be. All right. Well, we're glad to have you back and. Uh... Kyle had to leave, and so my final thoughts, uh, man, NASCAR, next-gen car, a new hope, at least it has been for a long time. I haven't been watching NASCAR, and it really has to do with this package, the way they went with the the you know high downforce and low horsepower on the mile and a half, so I just hate it. And uh, kind of was hoping this new car was going to fix all that somehow and wave the magic dust over everything and make it all pretty. And maybe it will, but uh, initial reports are it's not going to happen. It's going to be more of the same. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little prettier. But it's going to be more of the same. So I'm a little disappointed about that. Uh, I'm, I'll buy it. I just haven't done it yet. I'm kind of waiting for my paint. Uh, don't really want to run it without a paint. So, uh, but we'll see. I'm kind of thinking, uh, feeling Carl Edwards here, you know, uh, feeling like Carl. So uh, I'm going to go commiserate with Carl and have a beer, and we'll see you guys out on the track. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.